welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on my show, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Once again, I'm super excited to be joined by yet another phenomenal guest. This guest in particular, Kathleen Kennedy Brown, uh, likes to be known and referred to as Katie. I had the blessing, the privilege, and the honor of having her as a guest on my TV show, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald with the 365tvnetwork.com. So we're just going to talk a little bit about Kathleen. Kathleen is somebody who is very near and dear to my heart, uh, spawned an instant kinship relationship. I absolutely love this woman, absolutely love everything she embodies and stands for, and you'll come to find out why yourself momentarily. So my guest today, she's here to talk about her son, her late son, Benjamin Cole Brown, who sadly, tragically, and unfortunately passed away at 36 years of age last Monday, October 16, 2016. So not even a full year, and completely amazed as you will be to know what this woman has done in the meantime. So we're here to talk about her son's legacy. We're here to talk about all of the different hands that he had, his, uh, all the different pots he had his hands in, everything that he's done to be instrumental in paying it forward and being of service. Everybody knows that's exactly what I stand for. I try to immerse myself with like-minded people, like-minded spirited people. So Kathleen, I want to welcome you officially to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. How are you, my friend? I am good. I am good, and it's so good to hear your voice, Lisa. I miss you. I miss you, too, but you know what? I told you I'm coming up for a couple of weeks where we can get together and we can actually spend some quality one-on-one time. I would absolutely love to do that outside of TV, outside of radio. Just sit and talk and disconnect from social media and just sit down and talk. I'm going to hold you to that. That sounds great. Fantastic. So, you know, as I, as I said at the top of the hour here, you know, this, this, everything you're doing right now is to maintain and to continue to spread the word about your son and all that he did. So for our listening audience, given that this, you know, the listenership is expansive, 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads, you know, there is nobody who can do more justice in describing, characterizing who their child is than the birth mother. So I would love for you to just take it away and explain the story and the legacy of Benjamin Cole Brown, and then we'll get into it. Wow. <laughs> I'm scared. Maybe I should just run the other way now. That seems like such a tall order. My goodness. Well, if anyone can fulfill a tall order and he does it daily already, it's you, my dear. Oh, come on. Um, Anyway, let's talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is uh, my firstborn son, Benjamin Cole Brown. I will never tire of hearing that sweet name in my ears. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Um, So very quickly, uh, my son... As you mentioned, Lisa, was 36 years of age. He was, um, you know, it's hard when I describe him because, you know, it's, I'm his mom. So, of course, I'm going to say a whole lot of good things. But if I could have a thousand people standing here with me right now, I wouldn't have to say it. They, they would speak these words I'm going to share with you themselves. So, I'm a pretty objective mom. 
and I will tell you what everybody that's ever met him has said. So I'm going to sort of regurgitate a lot of comments from other people. He was uh, an incredible individual. Um, I had the privilege of raising him and loving him and homeschooling him and being his friend for 36 years. And I will never, ever regret one second. I've been so honored and privileged to have been able to do that as his mom. He was a very incredible individual. He had a heart for people. He had a heart for God. He really wanted to use his life to do as much as he could. And he started with a volunteer position with an incredible group um, organization from Hamilton. They're down on Wellington Street named, they're, they're called Live Different. And they are a charity and they um, help, they work out of uh, actually Mexico as well, but Dominican Republic and Haiti is where Cole found himself volunteering back in about uh, 2006 or seven. He just went down to volunteer and it very quickly became apparent that uh, his life was going to change. And when he saw the devastation and what was going on and how people were living in poverty, he knew that uh, he had just only because he happened to be born on the other side of the world, that he had privileges that these people have never, have only dreamed of having. So fast forward, Cole became the project manager for Live Different. And his job was to look after the Dominican Republic and Haiti. And so in, uh, I don't want to get ahead. So he would be responsible for so many things. It was just phenomenal what he looked after. But basically, he was in charge of doing all the bills for a community um, just outside of Puerto Plata, where they had transformed and are, we are still working on that, a community that had never seen, ever had new homes before. And they now, I believe, are up to 300 homes, 300 plus homes. Wow. And uh, thanks to Boston Pizza, Cole worked very closely with phenomenal companies like Boston Pizza, who are forever giving back, WestJet. As we all know, what an incredible airline they are. Well, not only that, but they also do these bills and they bring employees. And what, there are so many people, Lisa, that want to go on these bills that you can't even go twice because wow, it's a lineup of people that are waiting to go. So he he was in charge of getting all the materials, building the homes, overseeing all the groups that would come in. Um, he also did the same. In his heart, he had wanted to see a school built in Cap Haitian, Haiti, um, on a mountain in Cap Haitian overlooking the ocean, one of the most breathtaking uh, views that that you could see. And my dear son, next to his home here in York, Ontario, Cap Haitian, I would say, standing on that mountain overlooking was his most favorite place to be in the whole world. And he fell in love with the Haitian and Dominican people. 
And Cole was very instrumental in getting a school built for the very first time in Capation. Nobody had been educated there before. And there are now, um, last I heard, there was 270-plus children going, being educated for the first time. They have built a school, built a kitchen. There's a food program now. There is a hundred things yet to be done that we are going to be involved with, like a library and getting the uh, parents educated, bringing in laptops and teaching them how to. It just goes on and on and on. And just prior, um, it was last December, a year ago, so it was December 2015, um, Cole wanted, uh, he had purchased property along, I, th- I think him and Live Different, um, higher up from the school, and it was to actually build a safe house for young girls taken into slavery and trafficking. And we now are going to, we are in the midst, the plans have been laid, and that is going to come into fruition. And as you can imagine, that takes a lot of money. All of these projects take immense amount of money. And But we are going to go forward, and we are going to make sure that all his dreams uh, come into fruition. And we're going to keep helping, because now... We've all become family because we were all family with, with my son. And through that, we now have become family, not only with WestJet, not only with Boston Pizza and, and other families like the Dirksons and just different people. But once you meet these people in the community and once you meet the, the children at the school and the staff, you're never the same. You, there's no looking back. There's no, we are changed now and we move forward with all of these people being our family now. Just incredible. I mean, I, again, and I said this to you when I interviewed you on television, you know, I, I'm just having all these simultaneous thoughts come to me. And I mean, you just described everything so succinctly, so beautifully and you know having never been where you described where the school is being built i just had this instant image uh conjure up in my mind and i it just beautiful got goosebumps there got goosebumps when you mentioned about the safe house um you know i mean absolutely you would be incredibly proud of everything that your son did and to know that he was only 36 years old and instinctively, and I'm sure a lot of it is attributed to the way that you raised him, your core values, um, you know, what he ended up gravitating towards, what he chose to immerse himself into and really understanding that his purpose very clearly was, as you cited in TV, it wasn't about him. It was about, I'm here to give back. I'm here to roll up my sleeves. I'm here to get involved with people who are disenfranchised, you know, people who are impoverished, people who can only dream to live the type of life that I come from, uh, where there's freedoms and there's schools and all the things that people on a daily basis here in our society take for granted. So, um, you know, again, your son accomplished much more than many people do throughout the whole course of their lifetime, even growing into older age. And so, you know, I think it's really important, and I really want to hone in on this because, I mean, again, it's about living fearlessly, but it's also about paying it forward and being of service and really embracing your passions. Um, you know, there is no limit to what people can do to get involved. I mean, we look at what's happened to you, and we're going to get into the specifics around that because your son died doing 
what he loved. Yes. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's a story in itself, and, and we'll, we'll definitely share that with the listeners momentarily. Um, but, you know, as you cited on TV and as you talk about and profess any opportunity you have to share the legacy of your son, there is ample opportunity and there is, unfortunately, incredible need in this world that there is no shortage of opportunities for people to get involved. And this is why I'm really hoping that people resonate with you. And I know that they will. And we talked about that on TV, too. You know, people who have lost children who mm-hmm. perhaps didn't do all the things that your son did and didn't leave all the work that still needs to be ongoing and there's still goals that need to come to fruition. And so you're a very busy, grieving mom and you have a focus. You, you know, you're, you have many things that you want to do. And so there's a lot of parents who, you know, have incurred similar loss to yourself and they're probably listening to this, will listen to this and go, okay, I need to connect with this woman just for this reason alone. I need purpose in my life. I need to do something Mm -hmm. that's bigger than myself. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, Kathleen, because I know you're an open book about this, and it gives context to the whole story about your son on the day that he did pass away. So what happened that day? So I'll just backtrack a little. It's just something that you know, was, was just so important to him and it scared me so much and, and I just don't want to bypass and, and it I'm sure would come up in our conversation, but he loved Haiti so much and he was helping um, a gentleman there who had started to take in, someone got word that he took in a little boy and after that uh, people started dropping children off at his door he ended up he was a realtor actually and he ended up quitting his job in Haiti and so did his wife because they ended up with all these children so they opened an orphanage and Cole met him and through that Cole was helping them um, with all these children they had no beds they were sleeping on floors and no food no clothes no nothing and Cole actually produced a, a video that it was his very first one that he did on Facebook um, explaining their situation, their dilemma, very, very, it just broke Cole. And he said, you know, at Christmas we should be buying toys and, and yet we're, we're buying what we need and that is food for these children, not, not toys. And, uh, so he had, uh, pleaded, uh, he had asked people who felt moved by the, the story. He said, every dollar, I, I remember it very distinctly, he said, Every dollar you put into my hand, I will put into their hands. And the response was very, very good, and he helped them. Right after that was the earthquake in 2010. Mm-hmm. Cole happened to be home in Hamilton that day, that night, when we were watching the news. And I called him later that evening, and I said, Son, please tell me that you are not going anywhere near that earthquake. He said, Mom, my flight is booked. I leave at 6.30 in the morning. I pleaded with him. I said, please, Cole, please, please, please don't go. He said, Mom, he said, the orphanage, the kids, he said, I don't know if they're alive or, or not, and I have to go and help. He spent the next three weeks digging bodies out of that earthquake. Oh, my God. And when I asked him about it, he said, Mom, He said, I saw things that no human being should ever see. 
He said, I can't really talk about it. And, you know, I never, ever forgot that. But that was his commitment. That's how much to the core of his being Haiti became a part of him mm-hmm. and the kids and the people there. Incredible. So getting back, I just wanted to make sure that I had I'm glad shared, you did. I'm glad I, you I did. Didn't, I didn't know that we had ever shared that on, on TV, and, and it was just something that uh, I wanted to share that with you. So, But getting back to the day of, so October is when uh, sometimes uh, it starts to get a little rainy in the Dominican Republic. He lived there, had a had a condo in uh, the DR, and he had very, very good friends. In fact, they they loved him like a son. They they truly just loved him like a son. They own their own business in the Dominican Republic, and it was um, they were busy. They um, he Chuck had his own plane, a private plane. And he would, Chuck and Cole had the same mindset of what they were there to do. Mm-hmm. And that was to help with whatever means they had, they wanted to help. So Chuck, um, having a private plane after Hurricane Matthew, they had the opportunity with Chuck's plane to take some uh, medical supplies to Port-au-Prince. So early on the Monday morning, um, Cole left his condo drove his um, ex-Terra to the airport, parked it, met Chuck, got in the plane, him and his wife. They took the supplies. Cole was very careful living there. He always knew to watch his back, and he always had a policy about never flying at night. But on this particular day, they were detained in Porta Plata. Uh, paperwork got detained, so I think they were detained a couple of hours They flew into Port-au-Prince. They delivered to special needs children, I believe it was, and that's why Chuck's wife went on this particular flight because they normally did not fly together. They had a large business, and they just flew separately. But she thought, well, we're just going over for a couple of hours. I'd love to see the children's faces when we give them things, and then we'll fly back, and it'll all be good. And they ended up flying back. Um, I think they wanted to fly back three, four, but because they were detained, that brought them to about six or seven o'clock in the evening. They, Lisa, they were only, they followed the coastline from Port-au-Prince, Haiti. They were coming back into Porta Plata Airport in the Dominican Republic. And they were about five, six kilometers. They could actually see the uh, landing strip. And they ran into, from what I've been told, one of the worst horrific electrical storms that they have seen in that area in 12 years. I talked to many, 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 many people. And I remember one gentleman saying, Katie, there's only been one other time that I was really scared and felt I needed to unplug all my electrical, my, you know, electrical things in the in the house mm-hmm. and um so um they were as i say they could see the airstrip and they ran into there's pocket storms in the caribbean that you you don't really know until you all of a sudden they you fly into it 
and I guess between the lightning and the torrential rain and the swells in the ocean, they found themselves in a very, very dangerous position. And um, because it was dark, because of all the factors, they were just very sadly found themselves in a perfect storm that they um, could not come out of. And we don't know the story. We don't know how. But um, I believe Chuck um, just just could not safely land the plane. So whether it, whether he was trying to circle to come back in, uh, whether they just couldn't see, it would be so dark that they wouldn't have been able to see the sky, like the, the stars or the ocean. Um, I've heard it said that you can actually be flying inverted and really believe you're flying straight, and uh, yet you're upside down. So it's very, very easy to become very disoriented, and uh, they did not make it. And we did not uh, even know until the next day. As I said to you before on the phone and when we did TV, and I'll say it again to you, I'm just, I'm so sorry. Like, there, there's no words a- adequate enough, particularly as a mother talking to another mother. And I have a son, and I'm talking to another woman who's lost her son. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we talked about previously, it's a parent's worst nightmare. Oh, you know? it sure is. It sure is. So, I- so in terms of you having received the initial notification of the fact that this had happened, um, I mean, clearly you go through a period of numbness. You, I mean, maybe you can walk us through that because grief is different for everybody, Kate. But, I mean, in terms of, you know, I mean, again, we're talking that this hasn't even been a year. And when I hear the momentum of what you have done and how you've just risen in the ranks of, again, preserving your son's legacy and knowing that where things had been left at, there was just so many loose ends that needed to be tied up. There was so many projects that were still underway. You knew that this is what Cole wanted in going forward. You know, again, not him being able to forecast or foresee as none of us can, you know, when our time is up. Um, but you would have known your son that, you know, his mindset was we've got to get the school built. We've got to get the Safeway home built. We have, to, you know, we've got to make sure that we have all the ongoing supplies that these children need. It's it's never ending. It's like the, the projects themselves for how big they are and they're ongoing, they're, they're never ending. So, you know, in the time frame of learning that you've lost your son, to very quickly immersing yourself into all these projects and, and taking the rain. I mean, can you explain to us what that process would have been like? What that what what the fog that you would have been in? What like? I, I just have no comprehension of that, Kitty. Sure, and uh, I never thought I would ever have it either, Lisa. Excuse me. <coughs> I um. I was just out and about the following day, and. Um, I received a call on my cell phone, and it was uh, one of the fellows from the office at Live Different. And as soon as he said, hi, Katie, it's Ryan, I knew. I knew right away because Ryan never called me. Uh, he would have no occasion, really. I would see them, you know, here for a barbecue. Maybe it had been a few years since, you know, they had all been down here. But there really was no reason for him to be making that phone call. So as soon as he said, it's Ryan, I just said, 
please, please, Ryan, do not tell me something has happened. Please do not tell me. And he said, Katie, Cole was in a small plane, and all we know is it has gone down. They're missing. They're missing. And, uh, you know, I had always said prior, um, and, and as everybody thinks, it's, it happens to other people. It never happens to you. It's not going to happen to you. It's, you know, it's, it's too outrageous a thing to, to happen. And it only happens to other people because they get themselves into circumstances or situations or you, you just don't ever, it's never happened in my family past history of, you know, growing up as a kid or, it, it had never touched our lives before. So this was a, um, and I had always, you know, when, when I had come across people that had lost, my response was always the same, you know. I don't know what it's like, and I never want to find out what that's like. And if you had told me, um, and I've shared this with many, many people, Lisa, if you, anybody had said to me, this is going to happen to you one day, I would have laid prostate on the floor and begged, begged, begged for anything, anything but that to happen. And yet you get handed a set of cards and you have no choice. They're there in front of you. They're laying face down. Mm -hmm. And time stops, everything stops, and you have no choice you got to pick them up and you got to deal with what's just happened. So, you know, we, as you can imagine, the shock and the, and the horror and the dread and the fear and the anguish and that sick feeling in the pit of your gut, you know, I had one thing in my heart and that was, I got to get my boy. I got to get my boy out of that ocean. And, uh, I, I just couldn't get down there fast enough. You know, there was talk of, um, you know, everybody coming together. Um, we had divers down there. We had, there was people, you have to understand who Cole, Cole was extremely well, not only well liked, but he was well loved by everybody he met. He, uh, was incredibly handsome and he was, <laughs> I jokingly say, and I, and I, and I mean it. He was one of the, uh, most handsome men that I had ever met in in my life, and but not only that, Lisa, he was true to the core. He was every bit as handsome on the inside. He was a beautiful man, mm-hmm. and everybody loved him down there. So there were people that had a lot of money down there, and everybody that knew him just went into shock. But they also went right into action, and we had private helicopters we had planes we had private boats we had volunteer divers um i met and to this day we're good friends but i met a diver down there who had only known cole for six months and was told by his doctor he was having many strokes and his doctor told him very clearly you are not to dive anymore your diving career is over and after only knowing cole for six months he said, Katie, I'm going to find him. Wow. And he didn't care. He didn't care. He went. They tried. But very sadly, because of the rain, the rain started in October. 
the rain created floodings where our people in our community down there were walking around waist deep in sewage water. It flooded and it rained until we got there in January. Oh my so every single day that those divers wanted to get out, even if it had stopped for for one, you know, half of the day, there was too much silt coming down from, from the mountain that created, like these divers couldn't see four inches in front of their face. So you, you just can't dive. Mm-hmm. So that was very, very hard. I found that very hard on me that, you know, I was frustrated. Like, like there's the plane and there's three people in the plane and it's in the ocean. We don't know which part. We don't know where. Nobody can find it. There it is. My divers can't dive. I mean, it, it was just, I'll, I'll tell you very honestly, had it not been for my faith in God and knowing my son had strong faith in God, I would have went out of my mind mm-hmm. as a mother because I would have been in that water. I'm telling you, I would have been diving in that water myself every day looking for my boy. I, I I have no doubt about that because I think any mother who shares the bond and is the type of mother that you are, instinctually, that's exactly what you would feel uh, called to do. There would be no oh. second. There would be no second thought. There'd be no reservation. It would be like absolutely. So uh, I can't even imagine, Katie. I mean, you know, I'm hearing more layers of the story since we first spoke, and. Um, you know, the more that I hear, I mean, the, the story from the way that you shared that with me in the beginning, not only on the phone, but then we talked about it again on TV, and now I'm hearing it again. It just, you know, it, it stabs at my heart each time I hear this and I listen to it, even knowing that there's additional details that I weren't, I wasn't necessarily privy to hearing it the first or the second time. This is this is what you have to live day in and day out, and this is your child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, my heart, my heart breaks for you, Katie, but I, I want to say how truly, truly proud I am of you and, and how enamored I am of you and how I'm in complete awe of you. I mean, again, it's not even been a year, and you're in full swing, massive action taking, and you can't even keep up because there's so many projects and there's so many people that you feel you need to meet the needs of and you you know you want to do this for the memory of Cole and because this would be exactly what Cole would be doing day in and day out if he were still here so um you know can you can you share with us because again it's not even been a full year how long did you kick into high gear with okay, work's got to be done, time to roll up our sleeves, let's get going. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, <clears throat> We had so many things going on, uh, you know, at the same time down there. Um, I, I just want to acknowledge, I will tell you, you talk about, uh, <sighs> oh, my, my goodness, Lisa, God help anybody that loses a child in a developing country, anywhere for that matter. You, and, and especially if you don't speak the language, you are a, a dot in the ocean. You, you don't know anybody, you don't, and typically this would be the scenario, you don't know anybody, you don't know the language, you, you, you don't know what to do, the authorities, you don't know the protocol, you don't know legally where you stand, what your rights, what your, you know, it, Luckily, thank God for our 
son and his place of employment. Because I will tell you, Live Different flooded my home. Boston Pizza flooded my home with food. People, all the board members came from all over Canada. They all flew down uh, with us. They they had us cocooned for, I don't know, we went down, I guess. It happened Monday. We were there Thursday morning was the earliest flight we could get out of Buffalo. And we were down there till November 1st. We, we I remember coming home. It was November 1st. And they did not... Uh, I, I just can't say enough ab- about the organization. Those people, Cocoon, Grant, and I, and were with us every, I mean, 20, 24-7. They, they did not leave our site. They, um, they gently stood around us in a circle all the time, whether it was with um, the legalities, whether it was going to view pieces of the aircraft that they had recovered, whether it was talking to the politicians where, where, you know, whatever the situation, they, and and then of course we had interpreters, we, you know, translators, uh, and that's what made me think. I can't even imagine going through that on our own had they not been there for us. So Mm -hmm. my heart really goes out to the families that have to handle a situation like this and go into another country without a whole backup team you know that we had every step of the way so all i knew is i couldn't get them i i couldn't get them i had to, i had to keep focused uh i again i i really do believe you know i i your compliments are, are so kind and so sweet and so gracious but honestly i'm no different than anybody else lisa and had it not been really God, God carrying me through all this because I I couldn't have handled this in my own strength at all, and I just knew that my uh, my son was a real adventurer, and he loved his life and he loved what he was doing, and as a little boy he loved two two shows he loved GI Joe. <laughs> and everything about playing G.I. Joe. And he loved Inspector Gadget. And it's funny because he had more gadgets, more G.I. Joe equipment than you, you, you could shake a stick at. We, we, it was just amazing what we found and we laughed. Even things that my husband couldn't even figure out. It took him time to actually take a piece of apparatus, whatever it happened to be. It, it took him an hour, I remember, one night trying to figure out what what is this that he has. But he had more stuff. But anyway, that I'm sorry, that just a sidetrack that came to my mind. No, it's uh, beautiful because that, you know, that, that, oh, that humanized. Oh, Joe. Yeah, but that humanizes who your son was. I mean, outside of all of the accolades, and I know your son was wired in such a way he didn't do it for any of that. He did it because of the need, and he did it because that was his purpose. But, you know, it's so nice to hear those little details that would otherwise get missed uh, talking about some of the bigger picture items within the hour that we're here to talk about your son. And and I I don't want to miss out on... Uh, talking about Cambio. I want to talk about the book. I want to talk about, um, you know, how people can actively get involved. How can people go over there and, and 
pitch in with building um, and and supplies and you know so I want to I want to use a bit of this time to actually invite the listeners and the people who will be listening to the podcast once it gets uploaded to know how they can get involved where can they buy the book maybe we can talk a little bit about the book and maybe you can give us some of the updates since we last spoke about this on TV Katie and you were saying at that time that you were interfacing and engaging in dialogues about the book uh, with some of the art galleries I think you said Montreal and I think you said Buffalo if I'm not mistaken so um, you're, you're right there, there is just so much that he was involved um, in, in, in so many so many fingers and so many pies um, he truly was and you touched on something you know Lisa he would have no concept of the depth and the amount of like, like his imprint has left on people around the world. Well, like so many people, just just he touched so many people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually put another book together of all the messages, personal, private messages that people have sent me that have named their children after him. Wow. Got tattoos. I mean... There's there's a friend that I have yet to to meet. I'm going to have him and his wife out to to my place. He's got coal written on his arm in about four inch letters across the front of his um his forearm. Now, you you don't hear of that every day. No. And and I'm telling you, and people all said the same thing. He he was my best friend. When when you had his attention, he was a hundred percent focused on you, and he was humble. He was gentle. He was not loud. Um, his mom is a little louder. I, I must admit <laughs> than, than he is. But um, he, um, you know, you asked me about how how I survive. I how I got through. You know those initial stages, and all I really what really helped me, Lisa, is having such a great, great relationship with Cole. The only regret that I have is I really wish we went down, we took a family trip because we still had two younger boys living at home and um, Cole's two brothers. And I, we went down in 2011 um, and had a family trip. But having the boys and they were in school and, um, Grant, my husband, has had three severe cancers, so he has not worked for a number of years. We really couldn't afford to all of us go down there and do a build. And to this day, if there's a regret at all, that would be it, that I did not do that under his supervision. I'm sorry I did not do a build that he was leading. But, however, we are making up for it because we've done one now, and it it is the first of many yet to come. More and, than making up for it, Katie. And you know, we we can't bang ourselves up, right? Uh, we can't because I mean, look at what you're doing. What you're doing is, you know, what you're doing in succession of everything that's happened and the fact that this is something that's going to be ongoing in nature and there's probably going to be other opportunities that get spawned out of what you think you're already focused on because we know that when you meet with people and people are aligning and vibe attracts tribe and this is all humanitarian type work and people are looking to be the solution to the problem people want to roll up their sleeves people can't help enough there are people who are truly wired like that and you my dear are one of those people and so 
I don't even think that you probably can understand the scope of what is before you. I don't think you understand all the layers of how this intersects and crosses over with the legacy of your, your son. What other phenomenal helping opportunities and other beautiful spirited people that you're going to meet as a result of the ongoing legacy of your son. Uh, you know, so when you, when you talk about regret, I mean, I think, you know, I don't, you know, everybody has their own belief system. I don't know if you feel that your son's present with you or if you can see that he's watching over you and knows what you're doing. But I think regardless of that, Katie, what you're doing right now is more than anybody could ask, even though it's your son and you feel a calling to do it and to – this is now your purpose. So, um, you know – just, I, I would hope that you're you're being tender with yourself with that, I, because I, I don't think I think life's too short to have regrets. I really do. Oh, for sure. It's just something that looking back in retrospect and and just how amazing he was down there and just what what he engulfed. Right. Um, you know, I I would have liked to have seen it firsthand with him, and I'm and I'm sorry that. Uh, but as I say, we are making up for that. And, making up for you know, it. all I wanted to do, all that was put in my heart, I knew, you know, again, you know, our, our belief in God and, and as a family, we know where, where our boy is. We know where uh, the boys know where their brother is. We know we're going to be reunited again. And we know that he chose the life he chose and loved every second of being there. And, uh, you know, he felt he had, he was very privileged and he felt between the work that he did and the traveling he did and the places, um, and living where he lived, he, he really believed he, he was very, very content and he knew that, uh, anything could happen at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And that was the choice he made to, to be there. Um, mm -hmm. he did not want a nine to five job. He wanted literally to make a difference, and he knew that life really is about people, not things. And That's at the right. End of the day, we have to all look back, you know, on our lives and 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 really give an account. What what did you do with the gift that that you had of your your mm -hmm. own life? You know, so for me, I know I I hear him speaking in my heart. You know, because I know his personality and I know the type of human being that, uh, that Cole, Cole was. And, um, I often, in my heart, sense him saying, I'm okay, mom. I'm good. Take care of the kids. Just take care of the kids. So as a mother, my very first responsibility was to put my arms around everything that was to me very holy and his. Mm -hmm. So his life I needed to take into my hands and to steward everything that he was doing to make sure from his clothes, his furniture, his books of writings, his photography, Cole, we, we hadn't touched on that. Cole was an absolute brilliant photographer. Yeah, and he was. took thousands and thousands thousands and thousands of gorgeous pictures and we are going to look after that as well but all of his things as a mother's heart that was my way of of doing something of grieving but yet loving him mm -hmm. as much as I possibly could 
in the set of circumstances that, you know, had fallen upon me that I knew that it's okay, you know, and I'd often hear myself say, it's okay, son, mom's mm-hmm. got you, mom's going to look after this, Mom, mom's, mom's going to take care of everything that you tried to do, we're going to, we're going to take care of it, we're going to honor you through it, and we're going to steward it all, it's not ours, it's all yours, we're just going to gently take care of it. So his photography, and of course, as you touched on, he had just launched a beautiful leather business. Mm-hmm. Cambio. Yes, Cambio yeah. change. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say, Katie, because these interviews always go far too quickly for my liking, and especially when, you know, again, I'm, I'm having the opportunity, the privilege, and the pleasure to talk to you about such a, a raw, candid, beautiful bittersweet story and so we've probably got about nine minutes left and I want to give you the opportunity without making it sound rushed or condensed you know we yes there's the cambio products we also know uh that a portion of of proceeds goes back into helping children um so where can people see what cambio leather products made by your son look like where can people buy the coffee table book or the book that you kindly gifted me with that I would highly recommend be in everyone's house, not only because of the picturesque quality and the eye that your son had as a true artist, uh, but the, the content, you know, the, his, the people that he chose to put the camera on and really told the story, the tapestry, and this is all embodied in what he did with those in the DR and people in Haiti, particularly children first and foremost. So where can people connect with you? So, you know, as as people um, may or may not understand, when someone, when you lose somebody, especially under the circumstances that, that we had have had to encounter, there's legalities all over the place. And um, we have had to, to get uh, declaration of death. We've had to get um, trustee to his estate. To, to move in and take over some of these areas. There are many little things. We've got a beautiful website, uh, benjamincole.com, which very sadly was associated to the benjamincole.ca. So we're sorting that out right now so we can get that up and running. Also, uh, cambiogoods.org, which is our website for Cambio. We're in the midst of getting that up in the next day or two. Because, um, you know, they, it, it had expired, uh, because sadly it, it was <laughs> Cole's credit card had been canceled. And of course they went to use it. Long story. But anyway, these are the issues that you find yourself dealing with, mm-hmm. um, trying to organize and trying to take things over. So, and that's fine. We will, we will do that. We are, you know, going, Full force, head on. I'm going to take on all the challenges that come my way because nothing is going to stop us from what we we are doing. So uh, I'm asking for just a little bit of grace right at the moment. We <laughs> hope to have, we hope to have that up and running. Um, you know, I'm learning to run a backside of a website. Uh, we're going to be doing. Uh, Cole's younger brother has just finished university. He has approached me and asked me if he could do Cambio. Uh, he said his heart's really in it and he would like to do the business with me. So my husband and myself and our youngest son 
we have fully taken over Cambio and couldn't be more proud of the leather products. Um, so right at the moment, if there's anything, if there's uh, anything pressing, I can give my number. My um, email address is katiebrown707 at gmail.com. People can uh, find me there or they can actually live different is the organization, uh, Lisa, you're referring to these books. Mm -hmm. They, again, have treated us so fabulously and graciously. And, well, we're family now. We're all family. I'm family with everybody that Cole was connected to is now all our family. So our our whole, um, you know, uh, circle has just been really busted wide open, and we're loving it all. So many incredible, incredible people we now have been blessed to be connected with now. Well, so. truly you're a remarkable woman. I mean, again, hats off to you. I, I, I know a lot of spectacular people, but I, I don't know a lot of people who embody the core essence of what you do. For what you've gone through and, you know, you're asking people to kindly be patient with you as you deal with the back end and you deal with all these glitches that – you know, general people who haven't had to go through what you've gone through couldn't even foresee having to encounter that as one struggle and challenge after another, never mind the ongoing hole in your heart and the void in your life of mm -hmm. the biggest loss anybody can have, which is of their own child. So, you know, again, this is just a testament to how humble you are, how beautiful you are, uh, you know, the impact and the profoundness that your son not only embodied, but has left and impressed upon the world. His imprint, your imprint. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I never had the opportunity to meet your son, and I'm sorry it's as a result of what's happened to your son that I've now only come to meet you. But, I mean, just knowing you, Katie, in the capacity of you sharing your story and being so raw, candid, and vulnerable, um, and just such a beautiful person, uh, the energy you emit is incredible. I mean, there's no doubt why your son is who he was. I mean, look at you. I, I just, I can't get over you. I, I mean, I interview all kinds of people, you know, people who are have notable names, people who are in the personal development industry who profess all kinds of things, and it's not to negate that they are authentic or walking their talk, but I'm talking about you are something unlike any, any person I've ever met, and that's with me having worked in social services for 25 years, having heard a lot, seen a lot. You are, you are really rare, Kathleen, like mm -hmm. truly, like uh, truly. I, I, I love a lot of people. I don't respect a lot of people. It takes a lot to earn my respect. I, I totally respect you. I, I just, oh, I, I'm just in, in awe of you. I can't say enough about you. But we're winding down here, and, um, you know, in parting, with the listeners here, if you could just maybe for a quick 30 second, what would you say to people? People who, you know, can maybe relate, can't relate to the loss of a child, um, but they're, they're struggling for whatever the reason. And, you know, clearly you're inspiring. I mean, you, you've, we've talked about this before too, turning shit into gold. I mean, you've risen from the ashes. You've reinvented yourself. You found your purpose. Uh, what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal and spectacular. So what would you say to the listeners who are feeling for whatever reason stuck in their life and they just don't know how to navigate out of it? 
Well, uh, if I could just sidetrack for one second, and please, 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 everybody who is listening, go to Live Different. Um, find out about the organization. Find out about what you can do, how you can get involved um, monetarily, uh, personally. Go on a build, change your life, do something. We are in the process. I'm in the process of actually uh, I want to have a bunch of T-shirts made. Cole had different quotes, and I want them on the back of the shirts. And that will be at our fundraiser in Winnipeg in September. We're doing a, a fundraising gala. But getting back, go to Live Different. You can. His books are there. You, you are welcome to uh, buy one of the books. Proceeds go back into the school. Um, you will be donating. Uh, you will be buying the book, and you will be um, supporting one of the children at the school for a year in your purchase of doing that. And uh, any other information, they would be more than happy. They are a rare commodity, let me tell you. You don't run across an organization like Live Different every day or WestJet or Boston Pizza, and all three of them um, have earned my total respect. So books, anything, any information, if you want even to get a hold of me through them, feel free. Live Different. Um, it's a charity in downtown Hamilton on Wellington Street. Yeah. So in the last couple of seconds... I am very open to talk to anybody at any given time to help. That's what we're here to do. We're here to use our life. Our life is a gift. It's very important that we give back. That's what it's all about. You know that that old saying, uh, and it's you know biblical as well. You know it's better to to give than to receive. How how many times have we all found ourselves in the position of being very excited to give somebody a gift and knowing we're actually more excited just to see their face when they open it? That's what life should be about. It's what can I do, not what can I get. You know, we're all, we're all going to die one day. We want to look back and see how many people we have touched with love. Absolutely. Well, I mean... Well put, uh, and thank you for putting words like that. That is just such a beautiful message. And, again, I know we're going to con continue to remain connected. I want to applaud you on everything. And there was actually down the road in a couple of weeks' time when I've got more free time, I want to talk to you about a few things, too, in terms of the business end of things and, and how I can assist and um, just, you know, just really being a part of you and your journey and, and getting behind things and how we can go about getting the message out there even more so, Katie. So we will be in contact. I want to thank you again for the gift of your time. I want to thank you for being a true leader uh, in depicting what it is to be the example of living fearlessly. You do that every single day when you get out of bed in spite of all that you've had to face. Um, and, and endure as a mom. There is no greater loss in my personal opinion. So I just want to say, you know, what a shiro you are, what a leader you are, what a phenomenal, beautiful human being you are. I want to say to the, the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for your loyal listenership. I want to thank you once again for uh, very kindly being one of uh, almost 300,000 Living Fearlessly podcast subscribers. Uh, can't get the message out there. Can't share the message of my guests. Uh, all of which is inspiring. I appreciate every testimonial, every ounce of feedback that comes back in terms of how 
a particular guest or a subject matter has resonated with you and been truly cathartic and healing for you. Uh, absolutely love to hear that people's lives are being changed. This is what it's all about. So I want to thank you once again for your loyal listenership. I want to wish you a phenomenal, safe weekend. I want to continue to wish you uh, great success and happiness in your journey of what it is to embody living fearlessly. And I look forward to joining you back here again next Friday. Love and gratitude to all of you, including you, Katie. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.